We hope you did your research because you are about to become a member of the Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We are coming at you with this week's episode. This is not a Cryptocurrent. This is a regular episode. I don't know if we have a a name for for this type of episode yet. Maybe we should do that. Uh, I guess we could call it a regular. A regular episode. Regular episode. That sounds boring. We'll have oh, to come man. up with something we'll fancy. We'll come up with something in between now and I'm not going to commit to that. Um but yeah, so we're we're gonna dive into a topic today, and CryptoCore's already introduced himself. Um, if you are new to this podcast, CryptoCore is our in-house crypto expert. We go to him with all our crypto questions, but not financial advice. So let's jump into our topic today: the metaverse. It's coming. It's coming. You can't stop it. You cannot stop it. I, I don't even know. We might wake up and realize we are in the metaverse right now. We probably are. How do you know we're not? We e- don't. Elon Musk, our favorite um, our favorite crypto enthusiast slash astronaut slash car designer slash Entrepreneur. inventor of PayPal, I think. Yeah, I think that's where he started PayPal out. is where he got his millions. Mm-hmm. Billions, sorry. Um, he thinks that there's a high, you know percentage chance that we're actually in a simulation right now and just don't know it let's and, hope not yeah. that'd be kind of scary well i mean would it make a difference we just don't like I don't to know think, yeah we I just don't, don't like to think that we're not in control um but i mean if it was a simulation that was just allowed to run and you know you could a lot of people think well what i think of comes to pass therefore maybe it is a simulation and maybe they're right maybe positive mental attitude will make positive things happen in the simulation i mean how do we know what is reality these are the questions that really start to come to mind when you start talking about the metaverse um you know there was that movie the 13th floor i think it was like a metaverse within a metaverse um where the the main character i i guess is taken over by someone who comes into the metaverse kind of into his body and then commits a murder and um he doesn't realize that he's not real and they've created their own metaverse in there where they could go into to that. So, you know, this thing's like three layers deep at this point in time. Um, uh, and think of, you know, what's the, the popular movie inception uh, inception, which was, which was dreaming. It's dreaming. Yeah. It, it was kind of a, it, it's yeah, but caught this altered state reality that was very real to the, to the participants where they went in again, you know, three levels uh, deep into the... Into well, some people, if you listen closely, their reality or their dreams have become their reality. The, the reality. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all of this comes to mind when we start talking about the metaverse. And I think that there is somewhat of, of a relation um, because we are, we are governed to a certain extent uh, as to how we experience our life through, through our senses. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm feeling right now, a little bit tired, a little bit hungry. Um, you know, as, as I think about it, uh, you know, this, this, the temperature of the room feels pretty good. So I'm not, you know, consciously thinking about that, but I'm looking across the table and I can see you and our esteemed, uh, producer, Spencer Anderson, um, our esteemed executive producer, Spencer Anderson, um, uh, you know, I can hear you talking. Uh, when you know when the when the our cryptocracy podcast is published, I, I like to to listen to it. So I you know I can hear it back. But all of these things, um, uh, our senses, smell, taste. This is how we interpret the world. 
and and how we understand what is going on in, in the universe. Um, we got really excited about the the James Webb Telescope. Um, just recently, was able to capture an image of a planet, which is what we were hoping that it would do. You know, previous to that, it captured the the um, uh, the uh, spectrum of uh, what is it? Uh, what's the I elements? Uh, spectrum of elements coming okay, off of a, okay. a planet, so we can say, hey, there was water there, and and we think clouds and and other things. But this was actually a picture. Now it's very grainy, but it's a picture of a of a planet some four hundred million light years away. I mean, it's just ridiculous how far away this thing is that it can see it. But but we look at it with our eyes and just re- are really excited. But but how we see that image doesn't govern what's really going on with that planet um, because it's may even be gone by now. We we have no idea um, because we're 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 capturing this you know stimulus so much later. Uh, than than the light actually uh, left uh, bouncing off that planet, and so the point that I'm getting to is, you know, you could really get your mind spinning on 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 what is reality, and I think that the metaverse um, is going to get to a state where it kind of blends this uh, digital reality with uh, real world reality. And I know that that sounds crazy, and I know some of you might think Crypto Corey is off of his rocker, but I can promise you. That no, I personally do not think the metaverse will replace real life. Um, there's movies about that, about people who just exist. In Ready Player One. Ready Player One. There was that other movie with Bruce Willis. I can't remember what it was called. But he's much younger when he's in his virtual reality self. You know, he's at home in his his pod asleep. I've never actually seen the movie. Um, just commercials for us. So I might be totally misrepresenting it. But I think they're they're younger, uh, better looking when they're with their in their VR bodies. But in reality, they're just at home in some sort of a cocoon that's kind of got them in a stasis state where they're um, existing with these uh, avatars, if you will. Uh, you know, I don't know that we'll get we'll get that far, but there's certainly movies that re- represent that type of thinking. Um, but I do think that there's going to be some blending of of the metaverse and real life. I, I just think it's inevitable. And as we go through these these uh, stories um, today, I think that that might that might uh, come out. So you might be asking, well, uh, CryptoCore, you're talking about the metaverse. Uh, in all those movies that we watched, there was nothing about blockchain. So, you know, what's your point? Well, right now, uh, the metaverse is uh, somewhat synonymous with blockchain um, because they're looking at a way to tie uh, both digital assets and physical assets to something that can be represented digitally um, in a game or um, how value can be transferred from one person to another and make sure that it's uh, securely transferred and that you actually you actually get it instead of, um, being in some user group where you agree to send them your World of Warcraft items or something, and they'll send you a check in the mail, or you know, however that that works uh, right now, which I think is illegal and against the terms of service of the World of Warcraft, but it still takes place. So, um, so I think blockchain is going to be a, a big part of of the metaverse, and where blockchain goes, so does uh, cryptocurrency. And um, therefore, I think that cryptocurrency will become a really important uh, payment system in, in the metaverse and um, fits naturally within this type of environment. So let's let's leave it there. Let's let's kind of dive into a couple of these stories and, and let's let's talk about what's happening with the metaverse, and then um, we'll close out extrapolating. You know how how blockchain and and uh, cryptocurrency are, will, will dovetail with this. All right. So let's talk about Meta 
formerly Facebook, and Qualcomm, which is a huge chip manufacturer. They're working together to develop metaverse-geared silicone to be used in next-gen headsets. So these are like VR headsets, right? Yeah, there's, they're inventing a, basically a metaverse chip um, to, to be used in, in these VR uh, headsets to um, enable faster processing, uh, uh, lower-cost chips, uh, uh, energy-saving chips. I mean, all, all this type of technology will, as they iterate over, over um, creating chips specific to do this, this task, um, is something that you're seeing them them put a lot of money into, and so I I have already gone on record saying that I do not think Mark Zuckerberg has what it takes to drive the metaverse. Um, that the metaverse will happen organically, and um, you know there will be uh, games and networks that that rise up on their own. But we cannot ignore the role that hardware will will play in all of this. Um, if you go to look at at Bitcoin mining in particular. What drives Bitcoin mining and the speed at which you can hash transactions um, really is is um, underpinned by the advancements in technology specific to that particular action. Um, the The mining rigs that they build only do one thing, but they do it well, and that is mine Bitcoin. And they've got chips that they use, uh, the, the ASICs chips that originally they, they repurposed and now... They build, uh, they're building chips to do mining specifically um, because they see that there's money there and that, that there's a future there and that Bitcoin's here to stay. So that's why the investment goes in into this equipment. And I think that the same is true for the metaverse. We might not know what shape it will take and we might not know all the major players that will be in the metaverse, but we absolutely know that we can't do it without the hardware. Um Without the hardware, there is there is no metaverse because by default it's going to exist in in ones and zeros on servers across the world. So I think that this is a really interesting sign that um, Zuckerberg recognizes that that the metaverse is here. Um, no matter how much he changes the name of Facebook, we're still going to call it Facebook. We're never going to call it Meta. It's going to take a generation or two for that to catch on. Um, I personally think Facebook is doomed. We, we covered that in a cryptocurrent. Um, I just think it's going to, it's, it's not going to last. Now you might ask, is that the only reason why he's investing in it? Because he thinks the metaverse is coming. Well, no, he's also making a lot of money off of, off of Oculus. Now I say he's making a lot of money. I actually don't know what their financials are. He, I mean, he did have to pay a, a pretty penny to acquire the company, but if you look at Oculus sales, um, it, just in the first quarter of this year alone, they were up 242%. Um, that's some serious growth. Um, it's the number one selling uh, VR headset in the world. Um, they've sold, uh, they've sold, I don't know, in the neighborhood of some, of some 20 million, 20 or 25 million units, um, which is, which is quite a lot. And I think that you're going to continue to see those sales um, go up. I also think that you'll see other VR headsets come on on the scene that are at a lower price point, um, made by competitors, uh, specifically to a, a attack the the Oculus market. Um, and I think that you will see it settle on you know two or three vendors who who become really big in the space. If you look at video gaming, um, when I was a kid, uh, we we had the Atari. I don't know if you've ever seen a, an Atari. I think I have. They were, you know, they were really cool. Um, I haven't played an Atari game in, in a long, long time. Um, I'm kind of nostalgic about it. Every once in a while, I, I want to go buy one of those Atari replicas and hook it up to my TV or a monitor and play it. But 
Um, you know, that, that came out when I was a kid and, and they were somewhat expensive and, and we weren't very uh, wealthy growing up. So we never could uh, afford one. Um, well, we probably could. It just was never a, a priority, no matter how much I begged my parents. Um, so I, I spent my money walking down to the nearest convenience market where they would have video games inside. So you'd walk into like your your 7-Eleven and over in the corner would be two, uh, usually two, sometimes three video games. Um, like arcade games? Yeah, like arcade games, the full-size ones that are, you know, somewhat like, I don't know, five and a half, six feet tall. And you'd put your quarters in there and and that's what it would cost you. It'd cost you a quarter to, to play a video game. And and that was that was the big thing. And then Nintendo came out. Uh, well, Atari came out. And Atari was was pretty big. But then Nintendo came out and just killed Atari. And Nintendo was the leader for a while. And then PlayStation uh, came out and gave Nintendo a run for their money. And then Xbox came out. And everyone said that Microsoft couldn't make Xbox work. And that Xbox was losing money. And that they'd never get there. But I got to say, uh, they were wrong. Xbox has come into its own and, and is a contender. But you basically have these three units. You got... You're either, you're either Nintendo or your PlayStation or your Xbox. or well, There's also PC gamers. There are PC gamers. Um, or sometimes a combination of all three. I know people who happen to own both. I might be looking at one across the table from me who has a PlayStation and an Xbox, right? Uh, and a Nintendo Switch. And a Nintendo Switch. So all three are represented. And a PC. In, yeah. All four are represented in this room. I, by, just, I make by so one much money off this podcast that I had to get them all. Yeah. So, but but anyways, but my, my point is is that you know as things evolve, some the, the players will eventually emerge who will who will be the the dominant players for, for I think quite a while. And so I think Oculus is is here to stay, but I, I do expect that there will be other VR headsets that will that will emerge and and you'll have uh you know you'll have your pick from from two or three. So. That's probably the foundation of of the metaverse. I think you're going to see more uh, digitally immersive games. Um, gaming tends to to drive uh, these types of advancements um, because there's a a healthy appetite around the world, but particularly in the United States, it, it just uh, a huge appetite for for gaming. Um, you have, uh, I think, South Korea, some of the best gamers in in the world. Yeah, they're big on StarCraft. Yeah, two over there. So. You know, the, uh, gaming is going to going to continue to drive this type of development, and the more immersive that you can you can get. I saw a game the other day, where for um, an advertisement for it, and I don't know how it came up because I'm not a gamer, and uh, maybe the YouTube algorithm was was off. But the the game for just a second, like two or three seconds, I didn't know it wasn't real. I did not know that the character that I was looking at was computer generated. It took me a second to recognize it. And 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 it wasn't it wasn't the the color of the skin and the clothing and the world because that was near perfect. It was the mannerisms of the individual, which which clued me in that 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 they weren't real, like they they weren't moving exactly right. Um, I could I could I could see that much. And then when I took a second look and looked really closely, I'm like, I don't think that's a real person. And it wasn't. It was a game. Can't remember the the name of the game, but we've come so far from these little blocky, <laughs> you know, sixteen bit, I don't know, eight bit characters on these games um uh that represented some some spaceship or uh dragon or other things that just don't look anything close to the real world asteroids is literally you were just what a triangle yeah your 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 ship is a triangle and you shoot out this little pixel dot that goes and hits these uh you know uh outline of of an asteroid there's no 3d rendering but 
but you know come to these these games that are looking more and more real each each day and the and I think it's kind of interesting because I, I sat in a, in a in a, a leadership meeting today, and uh, we had our our security uh, representatives in there, and they always talk about what's what's going on in the security world. And one of the things that they told us was that deep fakes are being used to apply for jobs, to get the job, and then use it to infiltrate the company and, and steal information. So like what virtually like virtual jobs or like well. I'll give you the scenario. So I'm constantly looking for um, software engineers, and 99.9% of the of the interviews that we do are are remote interviews. Um, we send out a, a link to to a, a meeting. Uh, they come online, and we ask them uh, technical questions. We give them a technical test uh, right there. You know, they share their computer screen, and they they start doing uh, coding. Uh, so they, they can prove to us that they can code, you know, on the fly right there. And because anyone can prepare for a technical exam and memorize a bunch of answers, but not everyone can code uh, in an exam. And so how well they do under pressure and we can usually tell what they're thinking, even if they don't exactly get it right. Um, because, you know, it is a little bit of high pressure um, to produce code under while someone's looking over your shoulder. Um, you know, so that, that's how we interview them. And some of them uh, we've hired are, are remote. I've got at least three employees that I've never seen before in real life, um, other than a, a Teams meeting. So what they're saying is that they'll go and they'll steal the, the person's identity. They'll they'll get their resume and their background, and then they'll use deepfake technology to emulate the, the individual so that when you interview them, um, they look like the picture of the person that they're that supposed you, to. That you see on LinkedIn. Yeah, that you see on LinkedIn. And, um, and then they'll, they'll get hired for the job and then they'll, uh, basically get in your system and, and steal your information. And so I thought that was interesting, but that's a, that is a, that's a precursor to the metaverse because, because we're dealing with a real individual pretending to be someone else, which in a digital world you can do very easily. Like, um, you know, we can go into a, a digital world and with VR, we can be vastly different than, than we are. Um, you know, you're tall and muscular and I'm tall and weak and we could, you know, switch that. I could be the, the muscular person in, in the, in the VR world and look fantastic, um, instead of, you know, old and, and out of shape. So, uh, you know, things like deep fakes are again, the, the precursor to this, this metaverse, which is coming. And we're going to have to find ways to counter, um, these types of things for, uh, uh, you know, protecting companies and protecting information uh, from being stolen. So what, what we've talked about is, you know, Oculus, that the metaverse is coming. Uh, there's big names that are, that are investing in this. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting was um, I had been reading about how they, they know how to trick your, uh, your taste buds and your olfactory uh, sensors, which is, uh, your, your nose, right? your nose, yeah, um, into being able to smell or taste, and so th- you know, as as they do this, imagine if you were to go into a a, a VR world, and right now you kind of have to be a little bit stationary. You can't move around because you can't see out of the goggles, and so you're liable to, to walk into a wall. Um, one of my kids bought an, an Oculus and was playing some game where he was swinging around like a madman and actually ran into me and uh, hit me because he was playing this game. And I'm like, what, 
what are you doing? He's like, I can't see. I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't be playing it, you know, right here. Um, but but imagine being going into a more immersive world where suddenly you can, you know, you're going into a forest and you can smell the pine trees. And, um, you know, you, you get a, a virtual piece of food and you can actually you can actually taste that food and you can smell food cooking. Um, there's nothing better than walking into a, a, a house and smelling fresh baked cookies or, you know, fresh break, baked bread or, or some or, you know, uh, you know, something, you know, savory being being cooked. And imagine being able to experience all that in a VR. Well, it, it's coming. We, we know how to do it. And how far do they have to go before they learn how to, to trick your other senses? Um, to be able to apply uh, sensory, you know, directly, uh, you know, to your spinal cord. I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be like the Matrix where they have a little uh, plug that you can plug in at the back of your neck and, and suddenly you can go into this uh, virtual reality world. It's not something I would do, but I think, you know, one or two generations from now, they might not be as, as opposed to it because they will have grown up with with VR and it will be something that they, that they accept. Um, a lot of the... A lot of the science fiction books that um, I have read lately talk about neural implants, um, where you have a an implant in your brain that will actually uh, enhance your vision, connect you to a ship or another piece of equipment to where you can control it, but also see what it's seeing, um, where it can store memory, it can process things for you and give you answers really quickly. And, you know, there's scientists who are working on that right now. Um having a chip in your brain is a reality now for Parkinson's disease. They put a chip in your brain uh, that uh, applies, I think an electrical current, which um, slows the, the, uh, or calms the, the tremors. Um, you know, it can be remotely activated and turned on and off. Um, there's a, a mesh that has been developed. I can't remember. I think it was um, uh, the military that had funded uh, research into it, but a mesh that will, that they can put on the brain and it will actually grow into the neurons and that the neurons will, will connect to it. They, they want to connect to it because they think it's uh, brain tissue. And then they can send uh, signals into the brain and pull sig- signals off. We've got equipment that can read the brain waves um, because your brain thinks in electricity, it produces an electromagnetic uh, signal. They can read that and they're so good at it. They claim, I don't know if it's true, but they claim that they can tell what, what you're thinking about. Um, just based upon your your brain signals and doing millions of tests on on subjects, so this whole idea of of electronics and reality and uh, you know human uh, senses and then the virtual world senses blended together is already happening. It's not a uh, maybe they'll do this in the future. They're already doing it today. And what I am saying to you is that that the metaverse is coming. We can't stop it. We don't know what shape it will take, but we do know that the foundational layers are being built now because the the equipment manufacturers, the researchers are are working hard to bring about the, uh, you know, I don't want to say the singularity, but something similar to it where man and machine um, become somewhat uh, assimilated together. Um, think of people who have lost limbs who could have a, you know, for lack of a better word, a bionic replacement, but then be able to control it by their brain. So there's a lot of good that can come from it. And I think that there's a lot of bad that could come from it as well. Um, if the government puts a chip in your brain, I don't know, you know, what they could, what they could do to you remotely. You just become a worker bee. Yeah, you become a worker point. bee. I, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm, maybe it's a possibility. I, I don't know. Um, I just think there's a lot of good and there's, there's a lot of bad. So 
Let's tie it all together because I've gotten really long-winded on this. Um, What does that mean for you and me? Well, I personally continue to believe that blockchain will play a huge part in this only because when you have a digital world, you got to be able to keep control of or track of the assets and no one platform should be able to control that. I think that bridging technology will become uh, uh, more prevalent as you bridge from one platform to another and that digital currency will become the de facto currency of the digital world. That when when the metaverse happens, when man uh, merges with machine, the currency that we have will be uh, cryptocurrency and not U.S. dollars. Anyways, that's my long-winded story about the metaverse. Um, you can like it or not. You can believe it or not. But that's not going to change the reality that it's 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 already here to a certain extent, and it's just going to get stronger. And that will be an interesting day when we are doing our Microsoft Teams meetings in virtual reality. Yeah, maybe one day you'll be able to see our avatars. Yeah, we'll have a metaverse meeting. Democracy. All eight of all, I guess. Are we part of the eight? Well, no. Does that make it ten? That make it all ten of us? No, it'd be eleven. Eleven. We can't. Spencer. We can't leave Spencer out. Yeah. He's gonna have to be running the machines anyway. He'll be like the Wizard of Oz behind the behind the curtain, curtain making the making the metaverse happen. We've made that reference before, haven't we? Yes, we have. Okay, well, pretty crazy stuff. You heard it here first. Uh, Crypto Corey talks metaverse. All right. Well, with that being said, um, you know the drill. Give us a follow Instagram, Twitter, the underscore cryptocracy, the cryptocracy. Um, and stay cryptic. Bye.